Welcome, everyone. <clears throat> Looks like we still have a number of people uh, coming in. Uh, let's welcome them in silence. Let's sit for a few minutes. Uh, make that the space that's both generous and welcoming uh, as people arrive.
The vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see everyone <clears throat> some of you that i uh, i spent this last weekend with um as the uh just this family of sanghas uh, sponsored a retreat in uh, a hybrid retreat in the UK in Lancaster and nothing missing sangha there and, and but then people came from from all over both in person and online it was wonderful to be be with all of you one of the lovely things about such a hybrid retreat is that I was also sharing uh, the teacher's seat with <clears throat> uh, leaders in the Sangha there, uh, the entrusted teacher, Josh, and um, and Trudy and current head student, John Coatman. We um, enjoyed being with each other and teaching in a kind of a rhythm, a dance uh, through the weekend. And I'm going to bring something forward today, actually from a, a piece that, that Josh highlighted um, because I think it, it it's worth um, reflecting on today. Those of you who are not in the United States might not know that this is our week to celebrate what we call Thanksgiving. <clears throat> and so that being that week, I, I feel it's um, like a requirement that I speak about it a little bit um, since it's our, our week of celebrating Thanksgiving. And each year we give talks, uh, me or Peg or whoever is, we always give a talk that has something to do with gratitude and generosity and how they flow together. Uh, we sometimes uh, don't even make distinctions. Um, we will talk about uh, Dana Paramita, the, the perfection of giving or the practice of generosity, but also at the same time we speak about gratitude. Um, as uh, another face of that same uh, that same quality. Uh, one year, <clears throat> when Donna and I were doing our retreat in Hawaii, um, we would often have a little a token, maybe a book, uh, something that we would offer people. And in that year, I I bought a series of a very small uh, either rice bowls or small tea tea bowls um, and set them in front of each place the first morning 
And so as Donna and I took our seat and we had our sitting like we just did, as we began the morning, I took the bowl as I could this, this small, uh, small bill <clears throat> and I held it up like this. And I asked, what is the gesture, what does that represent? And of course, a number, number of people said, well, you, it's an offering. And other people said, but what are you receiving? And the gesture itself, of course, doesn't indicate being the point that both giving and receiving, the gift and the giver begin to flow together as one thing. And so this is my, uh, the theme I want to open up a little more uh, today to reflect on, and then maybe you'll have things that you want to go, go with. I, <clears throat> when I first went to the San Francisco Zen Center, um, uh, I was at City Center in, in, uh, in, the, in the city, and down the, the basement is where the Zendo is, it's quite large. Um, but because of the hills in San Francisco, the basement when, for the building is actually the entry level. <laughs> on one corner just because of the street. And there's a, a big shoe rack where people can come in that aren't living in the center um, outside for, for morning and afternoon zazen. And it's a very large shoe rack. And there's a, um, a story that goes with it. Um, it was a, a wonderful uh, uh, student of Suzuki Roshi's early on who was sent to Japan to learn Japanese joinery, Paul Bisco. Robert Steinbomber and I, we've been talking about this man. He's amazing as Zen practitioner and a wonderful architect and, and woodworker. And he had made that shoe rack. And this was, like I said, this is the late 60s, early 70s, maybe late 60s. And Paul, when he gave instruction for newcomers, he would say, as he was walking them through, he would say, now, we have the shoe rack. So oh, when you come to Zazen, please wear shoes so you can place them on the shoe rack. It's a very interesting way to turn it around, isn't it? It's not like if you have shoes, put them there so you don't know. Please bring the gift of shoes and place them on the altar that we've made for you. It's a different way of thinking about this. You know, what is most precious and valuable to most of us is usually something that is needed or that we want and that is scarce. And it becomes precious and valuable because there's not very much of it and it's something we really need or want. And the two things that I hear about most frequently in, in speaking with people, which are thought of as both scarce and valuable, are time and presence. And if you put those together, the shorthand that we use for describing the scarcity is you know, I'm, I'm so busy. Isn't that right? Is that the most common way that you hear this? I, you know, I, I'm just really, someone says, how are you doing? Well, I'm really busy. Is there anybody here who doesn't say that at some, some point or another? In fact, this was a key focus for those of you that have listened to my TED talk. I, I emphasize this, this descriptor. What if we dropped busy? and had a different relationship with time and presence. What if we softened our addiction to uh, 
just kind of coping and strategizing and organizing ourselves just to be better with time and presence, because clearly that kind of strategy is quite limited. I'm, if, if I ask you to raise your hand, you don't have to do it. How many of you have, have decided, okay, I'm going to get my diary and my account in order. I'm going to organize my time better. I'm going to, you know, how many things we, we say, I'm going to finally get this taken care of. But it's clearly a limited kind of strategy. In fact, we've, we talk about that one of our ways of meeting almost anything in life is to, um, Joanna Macy talks about explaining, predicting, and controlling rather than appreciating or becoming intimate with, with the moment. And these are all, you know, you could think of as manager practices. They aren't really coming from the deepest place. They're trying to manage better. And <clears throat> I've heard Josh say, what if instead of saying I'm busy, what if we said my life is full? My life is full. But then that begins to edge on uh, abundance rather than scarcity. And we come to our life with a sense of wholeheartedness and a wholesomeness and even restoration around the fullness that our life is. Um, some of you are aware of the wonderful Catholic teacher who died in 1969, I believe, uh, Thomas Merton. Uh, he was a wonderful teacher. Here's a quote that he gave it was sometime in the 60s, I believe, because there was a lot of um, activism, especially in the Catholic Church. So there's that, that word um, echoes in here. He wrote, there's a pervasive form of contemporary violence. And this is why I want to read it, because he calls it violence. There's a pervasive form of contemporary violence, activism and overwork. The Russian pressure of modern life or a form, perhaps the most common form of it, of its innate violence. He really pressed on this. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything, is to succumb to violence. It destroys the fruitfulness of our work because it kills the root of inner wisdom and makes <clears throat> work which makes work fruitful. And you think this is before cell phones and internet and social media. You know, this would have killed him if he wouldn't have been electrocuted. I mean, it's, it's amazing how he was saying this without these things happening. And he spoke about it as violence. And now we see what's happening on Twitter. And it's like, yeah, it gets, it gets worse. <clears throat> Otto Scharmer, uh, the, the great uh, economist who is a professor at MIT, not the person you would think of to go to for the deepest spiritual wisdom, but he's amazing. Um, he's coined a ter term presencing, with presence and sensing. And he, he defines it as the capacity to connect to the deepest source of self, to go to the inner place of stillness where knowing comes to the surface. That's his definition of presencing. And he does organizational development work, not it's spiritual practice disguised as business. So I say all of this to just give us a, um, a kind of a context 
forth giving thanks and being um, not only generous, but feeling gratitude. In my, in my TED talk, there was a, a through line of being able to pause, reflect, and connect, which is a summary of some of that. So if you want to go listen to it again, it might be interesting. In this past weekend, we were, um, the theme was um, awakening to the koan of your life. What's the deepest question, the, the edge? Uh, and what's the through line that you work with your own deepest inmost request and uh, your deepest question that you practice with? And Josh brought forward from the, the Brook of Serenity, Case 21, a, a koan. A union sweeps the ground. So now I'm going to switch from uh, sort of ordinary talk in this way to um, a little bit of a Zen story. So Yunyan and Daowu were two um, buddies in, in the, the temple. <clears throat> so Yunyan was sweeping the garden. It's sweeping the garden sounds strange. We may think of now, especially those of you that live in the Midwest, raking leaves, you know. But you have to sweep the walk, you know. You sweep the sidewalk and the path, and it looks really pretty for about 10 minutes until the next bunch of leaves falls, right? So Yunyan was sweeping the garden. And Dawu, one of his fellow monks, wandered by, saw him busy at work, and just said, ooh, very busy. Yunyan looked up at him and said, you should know that there is one who is not busy. Dawu replied, well, in that case, there are two moons in the sky. So now it's that weird Zen talk, you know. In that case, there are two moons in the sky. And Yunyan held his broom up and said, which moon is this? And Dawu was silent and he didn't know what to say. So Dawu, the, the monk who started the challenge, who said, oh, you're busy. He's basically saying some, there's, something, um, there's something wrong in this picture of separating out your ordinary self and what they're like, you might think your true self is the one who's busy. And you're going to say, but there's one who's not busy. There's the everyday entangled self and yet there's one who's free. And, and then Tao says, well, if you're going to look at it that way, see, that means there's two moons in the sky. that you've separated. And Yunyan holds up the broom and says, well, which self is this, basically? Which moon is this? Which self is this one? And he wasn't going to be trapped in the dichotomy. It's just, just this. So even in the midst of activity, is your Buddha nature, is your true self functioning? So the point here isn't it's not a practice isn't about like uncovering some hidden true self so much as it is about discovering the truth about the self that we already have that our self is impermanent it's empty it's interconnected 
But that self, which is our true self, is in plain sight all the time if we know where to look. And that's what our practice helps us with. Yunyan is sweeping. Dawu says, oh, busy. He says, well, but there's one that's not busy. Don't miss. Don't miss the bigger picture. And he said, but if you say it that way, Dawu says, now, now you're making like two moons. But, but Yunyan gets them and he says, well, which moon is this? How can, can you actually name it? Can you actually separate these things out? Now, later on, a student asked his teacher or her teacher, who is the one that's not busy? Following up on this call, like, who is that? Who's the one that's not busy? And her teacher said, uh, she was not born from a woman. See, the Zen stuff turns quickly, right? And the student says, well, where is she? And the teacher says, where is she? And the student says, wait a minute, I ask, where is she? Why do you ask me back where she is instead of answering my question? And the teacher says, why don't you understand my answer while you answer my question perfectly? <laughs> like what? And finally, in the commentary on this koan, using an imagery of an ox, because in Zen that's often used as a way to, to talk about our, our consciousness. He says, you're looking for an ox while riding it. You're looking for the ox while you're riding it. Stop looking for the ox you're looking for and bring forth the ox you're actually riding. This is what the teacher is suggesting. Who is the, who is the one that's not busy? Not born of a woman, it's not like ordinary, but where is she? And the teacher says, where is she? So wait, wait. in other words, stop, look, stop looking and bring forth what's here. Josh made a beautiful analogy when he, when he brought this to the group. He said he was thinking about this when he was attempting to write his Dharma talk. And I hope I'm saying this accurately. He can correct me if I'm wrong. And he said, what if he made it, you're looking for a Dharma talk while writing it. Stop looking for the Dharma talk you're looking for and bring forth the Dharma talk you're writing. The one that's already percolating and moving inside of you all the time. Because these things start, you know, well in advance. And then he, he really expanded it more, more fully. And that's actually why I'm reflecting on it today, because it stayed with me so powerfully. He said, you're looking for a life while living it. Stop looking for the life you're looking for and bring forth the life that you're living. This is the essence of our practice. And so I, it, it kept working on me when he made that point so powerfully and beautifully, elegantly. <clears throat> and as I was thinking of this little bit of reflection today in this talk, I wrote to myself, you're, you're looking because I'm thinking about gratitude and generosity and thanksgiving. You're looking for gratitude while being nourished by it. Stop looking for something to be grateful for and bring forth the gratitude which is all around you. But, th but then I went further. You're looking 
for something to give thanks for. You're looking for something you can give thanks for. Stop looking for something to give thanks for in your life and bring forth a gratitude as your way to live your life. How does one live one's life if gratitude is the base? Instead of just looking for things to be thankful for. Some of you probably remember when uh, the former abbot at the San Francisco Zen Center um, was told he had pancreatic cancer and he only lived through three months after that diagnosis. And towards the end in his last Dharma talk, he was, he was saying his practice was gratitude and he would wake up in the morning. And as soon as his eyes opened or he took his first conscious breath, he would say the word gratitude out loud. And then he would look around. He didn't think of something to be grateful for. He set himself in a condition of gratitude and then noticed what was there. Oh, pain in my belly. Fear my beautiful wife next to me, a comfortable bed, not looking for something to be grateful for, bringing forth a life based in gratitude. So <clears throat> maybe that, that might be enough. One of the ways to give thanks is to simply live one's life uh, fully, to stop looking for some special life that spiritual practice is gonna give you and bring forth the life that you have with some grace and some steadiness maybe, or stumble along. But of course we forgive ourselves and each other over and over and over and over. And sometimes it doesn't look like anything special but it's our life and we're becoming ourselves, not someone else. And we can help each other, watch each other, support each other and becoming ourselves. To stop looking for the life we're looking for and to bring forth the life that we're actually living. To stop looking for things to be, to give thanks for. And to bring forth your life as gratitude for each moment, knowing that we're nourished by it. And so what thoughts do you have today or questions you might have? And thank you, Josh, for bringing this uh, initially and, and Trudy for reflecting it so that we can have it today. Because I, I, I don't know if it, does it land for you like it did for me? It was very, very powerful, but maybe it's just the way that Josh did it. He, he was better at that. See, now I'm looking for it. We have Sue. Hello, Flint. Hi there. I saw you shaking your head quite a bit when I was talking. And it, this really landed with me today. Um, 
last Friday, my very good friend of 45 years was hit by a car and on Saturday she died. Oh no. And, you know, it was just out of the blue and, and a huge shock. And she was 83, but a very vibrant woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, last, you'll like this, last Christmas she bought herself a little chainsaw. <laughs> of course, and when an 83-year-old does, right? Exactly. And she had a hillside and she used it up there. She didn't, you know, that kind of thing. But well, how, how old are you? I'm 81. I know, 81. So robust. And then suddenly cut short, she was. Yeah, and she was, was cut short. And I've just been thinking about her with such gratefulness because we've been friends for 45 years. And even though she lived in Seattle for the last 20, it didn't really matter. But she was a person who changed my life. You know, when she was living with us, um, if you met my husband, you would say to yourself, he's probably the last person who would ever square dance. But she convinced two other couples, uh, and we go. We we learned to square dance together, and we had a ball. I mean, she could just. But and she introduced me to, um, Tai Chi. Now she lasted two times. The other friend lasted about four, and, and I. You've been doing. And I, I've lasted for, you know, 30 some years. And that's how I met Don and Catherine. And then through Don and Catherine, they wanted to be part of the Sangha. Well, if Don and Catherine do it, I better just, you know, I just ride their coattails in it. And I've just spent this time being so grateful. You know, it's just been unbelievable and, and kind of, I mean, it's just there. It's, it's just my life. And, you know, I've always, the first night I, I spent a lot of time in her house, in her garden. She wasn't there, but I was just there. And I, I always, when I was with her, there was a feeling that I always had deep inside me. It was so wonderful. And I just had that feeling sitting in her house and walking in her garden that the other night, you know, it was in my Remember mind. The, uh, in the koan where the, the student asked her teacher, when she, she said, show me the one that's not busy. And she said, where is she? Yeah. Where is she now? <laughs> and it appears that she's coming through you now to us. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. Seems like it. But, um, you know, just a lot of breathing and, and, and life just flow, kind of flows through it. And that's something so, uh, you need to be grateful for, but that's also the practice of generosity to offer yourself to your life so it can flow through you. It's like bringing your shoes so you can put them on the shoe rack, like offer mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. You're not looking for a thing to be grateful for. Be the thing you're offering because life is offering itself to you all the time or you wouldn't even be alive. Well, that's right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thank you today for this this talk. It was and say its name. Her name is is Sandy Sandy Rudd. Sandy. So it's it's good to acknowledge her. She's she's passed. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It's for those of you that do not know, I've said this to a few other people. I'm not actually in this temple. Uh, it's a virtual background, as you might imagine, uh, because they're doing construction in our home. So I'm in someone's unfinished basement. It's a little rough. Uh, so I thought, well, I'll sit in the temple. <laughs> this is uh, the Soto Mission uh, altar here on the island of Molokai. And it was rededicated and reopened this past weekend. Uh, it's been here for 95 years and uh, was re- re- reopened. The, uh, sorry, Liz, you're waiting here. The, the statue on that side is Kazan. The statue on that side is Dogen. Uh, the two head of the, the Soto and the Buddha's coming out of the top of my head, which is, I kind of like, you know. So anyway, it's just so you know what, and this is what a very traditional Zen temple altar would look like, by the way. You can see the incense there. Liz. Oh, I'm glad to be in this temple with you. Yes, I'm glad to be <laughs> yours. <laughs> or this basement, whichever. Yeah. This weekend. It's, all, it's, it's, it's the, the same thing as that we create this temple of our lives, you know? Hmm. And so which is, which is more um, true? The um, like, is this more true? <laughs> or hmm. so I didn't mean to distract you, but well, thank you. I was gonna say, can we see what the basement looks like? <laughs> it looks like what you'd expect—an empty yeah. box and a you know a level and a few other things. It has a certain art to it, though. It, it does. Like, it does. Um, well, Chris and I had the chance to go to Dharma Rain Zen Center this weekend. Oh, wonderful. They're in Portland, yeah. Yeah. And but your friend Bob was there. And he gave the Oh, yeah, he was teaching. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he talked a little bit about... Um, compassion when we try to call it up from within it can sort of like we can get compassion fatigue when we think it's this thing that we have to do right and he did something that reminded me of you or something that you might do and he said okay i want everybody to raise their hands and gather it in and bring it in like this the compassion and it made me think of what you're talking about gratitude can be this thing that we can also gather and pull in. It's around us all the time. Mm-hmm. And being a Qigong teacher, he would sub- suggest that we call that energy forward instead of like, it's not self-generated. That's the myth. If there's no individual itself, how would it be self-generated? What we call ourselves 
arises within that which is already here. So what a beautiful embrace. Yeah. Way to call him. Yeah. It was fun to be with him. He made a lot of um, jokes and, and it, it felt like being with you and we could see why there's a friendship there. Oh, good. <laughs> did, you, did you tell him I just told you the thing about us meeting in Australia? Yeah. And he said, well, you tell Flynn, I said, right back at you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Good. Well, I'm glad you got to meet him. I'm glad you got to maybe meet some of the other people in the temple uh, there. It's a beautiful place. It was beautiful. Thank you. Good to meet you. And we have Chris. Hello, Chris. Ah, uh, there. There you there, yeah. Hi, Flint. Hello. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, yesterday, I was hit hard um, reading about the, um, the shooting in Colorado Springs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, the um, you know, the things that were written about, not only about the the shooting, but about shootings in general, were just devastating. There's a center that follows these things, and there have been six over 600 mass shootings in the U.S. this year. There has not been one week of the year with less than four mass shootings. Mm -hmm. Um. And I felt devastated, afraid, violent. I wanted a gun in my hand, even though I had no idea what I, what for. Didn't feel like I would use it. I just wanted one. I felt like I didn't want to ever go out of my house again. Because I, I can't seem to find a way to live in this era of violence. Um, and yet, I know I will. Um, and there are, horrible, there are horrible things that happen and have always happened. And yeah. it, I can see what happens if you become entranced and make that story the whole story. Right. It's, it's, it is all the things you describe it as, of course, but it's not the whole story. I knew that in my head in yeah. that moment. I, I wasn't able to, I kept trying to access or invoke my, my Zen state of mind and I, I couldn't do it. And that is something that, boy, I recognize a lot and others do too, because we, when things are that overwhelming, you actually can't do it on loan. You can't do it by yourself. Yeah. So it's good that you're here today. That's why we sit yes. together. That's why we show up at the Zendo together or whatever. 
But if you're alone quite a bit, that, that the narratives can start becoming very focused and narrow, you know? Yeah. Um, and so your, your Dharma talk landed smack on what I'm dealing with. And, and you've talked about this before, um, mm -hmm. about this, uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember who he was that talked about waking up in the morning and saying gratitude. And uh, that's, that's tough. That's not easy for me. It's a very strong practice. Yeah, this is a practice that he this is his final practice at the end of his long, deeply focused practice life. Mm -hmm. So it it's a potent one. Yeah. Thank you for being here and allowing allowing me to be more fully here. But I, that's our that's our job. I was really struck, and I don't need to go into it very long, but maybe you've read about the fellow that stopped the shooter. Yes, it's a very odd thing, isn't it? That here's a straight man with his wife and daughter watching a drag show, but he but he is a veteran from Iraq and Afghanistan, and his combat training saved a lot of people because he immediately went into action. That's a horrible situation. It was horrible for everybody. The only reason I mention it is because here's a person who had practiced something, so immediacy was available to him. And it was salvic that saved some people. And our practices, less violent, have immediacy that provides a way to support and, and, and protect each other. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, good. Here comes my correction now. <laughs> He's Josh. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, opening up the uh, reflection I gave uh, a few days ago and uh, for all the weaving that we did uh, during those those three days with... with it's continuing. <laughs> continuing. And... Um, when I was was preparing, I was very aware of the, the potency of the title, Awakening to the, the Koan of Your Life, Awakening to the Mystery of Your Life. And I'm aware, uh, ever since I started, I had the opportunity to offer Dharma talks, how I move between alive and dead when I'm preparing. Mm -hmm. And you explored that that Cohen as well, and um, how I kind of, um, I can miss the aliveness in, in uh, the opportunity to, to be fully present to, to people and to the talk. And when, I, when um, and, and I was struggling with both of the talks, and I thought, I really, you know, I really need, I really have to do something different this time. Yeah. I really have to go for life. And, and yeah. really, really um, be aware of what I want to say, what I, what I want to say. Yes, yes. And, um, and, and so that uh, adaptation of the case 21 
uh, was a complete revelation. And I think I was ready for some kind of um, something new to come in mm-hmm. um, to, uh, to, to, to not just to the talk, but how I, uh, how I, how I am. How you bring your life forward as a teacher. How I bring my life forward as a teacher. And I realized what a gift it is to be given this role because there is, there is suffering and joy and everything in it. Yes. And uh, I, the first talk you ever asked me to do was the um, Nansen's Cat. Mm-hmm. It says to the students, um, if no one says a word of Zen, I will slice the cat in half. And I've only really, really connected with that first request you had of me um, this this time. Oh, okay. Um, I, it's I, I'm tired of being safe. Good. And, it's time uh, for you to bring your way forward, your life forward, your teaching forward. Yes. And so, um, because it's the example of the teaching. Yeah. That's the point. We're asking everyone, be yourself, bring yourself forward. So thank you for uh, everything um, and um, for the, um, the mercy of, of finding a way through this. Well, we, we do it together and doing it together seems to have been um, a generous thing that we can be thankful for our theme today. Yeah. And uh, on the 6th of December, which is two weeks, I think, yes. uh, Josh will be a leading inquiry because I'm going to be in a contemplative photo workshop here in Hawaii, a retreat. And so one of the things that you can do is make sure like bringing wearing shoes so you can put them on the rack please come so josh can express himself fully so he can practice what he just avowed in public thank you so much thank you And we have Joel next. Hi, Flint. Oh, what a beautiful sky. Thank you for, for that. Isn't that's just a regular old Albuquerque cloud? Yeah. It's like beautiful. this all the time. It's so astonishing here. Uh, I, well, thank you so much, Flint, for this amazing talk and and for what you brought forward from from what Josh was expressing. I'm gonna go back and actually uh, Listen to it again and, and copy it down because I want to put it. I, and I Josh's to... talk is available also, I think, on Appamata's Europe SoundCloud. So I, I haven't I haven't looked yet, but I'm going to I'm going to hear that. I want to say it, it it means a lot to me that Josh and Trudy talk a lot about Union and and um, and Tozan. And I'm blanking on Tozan's Chinese name, but um, the. He, he is a figure that means a lot to me because in my life I've struggled a lot with conditioning around my brother and and Yunyan and Dawu are often described as described as brothers although yeah, they're, they're kind of they, they may not be but they, yeah. they share 
sure sound like it. And um, the story of the of the uh, uh, Union sweeping is, is something I think about a lot. And and just what's the deal with that second moon? And and I mean, it seems like Dawu's always trying to get meta to whatever Union's got going on. And Union, it seems like, is is always saying, "Hey, this is it. You know, this is all all you're ever going to get." You, you you can you can do that all you like, but then yeah, this is me. Yeah, it's me, and 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 there's no separation in here. But and and when you were talking with Sue and I, and Sue, I'm so sorry for the for the loss of your friend. What a shock that must be. But I I thought of something in the way that Sue was coming forward with her memories of her friend and 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 how you responded to that and that's a union story which has to do with him and his relationship with Yaoshan that uh Yaoshan had um said things to union over time like what are you doing here and and why you 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 spent 20 years with Baijiang and 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 you're still such an idiot you know, <laughs> he didn't use that phrase but but then one day Yaoshan asks uh, Yunyan uh, what uh, about something that that uh, Baijiang had said in a particular situation where he had called the monks together and then hit his staff and then sent them away and and Yaoshan says oh why didn't you tell me this before and, and now I see him in you ah now I see him in you yeah and now we see him and you. Yeah. Anyway, I want to thank Sue for for that, and you, yeah. and and just that that there's there's something particular in going on and recognizing gratitude and generosity in other people. You know, there's yeah. something particular in this capacity that is brought forth by our, by our practice that you were pointing to. Yes, yeah, this is part of the through line of our vitality in our practice. Yeah. And, it, and, and just talking about ideas wouldn't get us there. No. And Josh's comment, I don't want to longer be safe. He doesn't mean being unsafe. Not using safety as, as it's more like just a willingness to step into life. And to let it move through us, that's the through line. Because your old stories, our stories, Sue's stories, everything. Mm -hmm. This is the through line. We're all woven together this way. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Thank you for that teaching. We have Ra next. Good evening. Hi. Hang on, I've got a light on. Oh, it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there now, that's good. Um, well, gosh. Um, we have like literally a few minutes, and um, I have I have nothing clearly form to say but there's so much moving in me from 
from the retreat um, and from hearing you this evening. Um, good to have you on the retreat. Oh. To see you with your little family there, you know. Oh. It was wonderful. Um, um okay so a few things that i could plot like side by side because that's kind of what i have to do rather than make anything fit in any shape is to study the self is to forget the self S something about how tiring it is just to keep getting in the way of life that's that's a good statement how tiring it is to get in the way of life it, it's I'm I'm so exhausted yeah. with it and it's a, it's a very exhausting thing to think it's your life yeah isn't it isn't it and 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 then offering just keep offering everything back into life it keeps offering itself to you Yeah. Um, and and um, I'm really aware we haven't got time. It's here now, <laughs> right this moment. It, it's something about how I get get hold of things, and 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 then like they they become this fixity. Um, that's that just stops me experiencing. Yeah, that was a whole Dharma talk right there that you just gave. That was beautiful. We attach to things, and like I was talking to Chris about, it's not the totality. Yeah. We grab onto things, and then it becomes a barrier. That's being caught in the self-centered dream. What we're going to chant in just a few moments. All the time. Yeah. And All there, you just notice that you do that, and the one that noticed it isn't. Hot. Hmm. Now I just made two moons, but still it's useful. Yeah. Who's here so now? What's the one now? What's the one right now, right here with me? Class. Yeah. You can't really say it, can you? And yet, but that's not being wrong. Try to pin it down, and now you've made two moons. Mm. Mm. There's a breath in this, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So. Thank you so much. Okay with you, we'll use our breath to do a chant. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, 
exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. I want to express my gratitude, my thanksgiving for all of you and for this community and all those that aren't here and all those that will arrive at another time and have been with us in the past that we've lost. I'm very grateful for this life. Thank you so much, Flint, for all that you offer week after week, year after year. And thank you so much to um, the other teachers that come forward, some of which are here tonight, such as Josh, Joel and Peg. Just thank you all so much and thank you all for coming and arriving week after week and creating this wonderful shared space so that we can we can continue our shared practice. Thank you all so much. And if you'd like to offer Dana to the teachers such as Flint and for other Appamada offerings, then please do go to appamada.org forward slash contribute. Thank you all so, so much. And if you'd like to continue to meet and share, please stay right where you are, pop into gallery view, and I'll be with you in just a moment and we'll continue for a further 30 minutes. Thank you all so much. <laughs>